I didn't know 100%, but I had a great feeling, you know, by Coach Patterson, you know, talking with me and leaving to me and talking to him, it was like, man, like, I got to play for the Vikings. The things that I've learned in college and being able to, you know, learn even more in the pros is going to be, you know, a big thing for me. I feel like the sky's the limit, you know, and I'm, I'm excited and I'm ready to get to work. Hey everybody, Cy Amundsen here and welcome to episode 50 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. 50. We have officially done 50 since it became the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about some of the changes going on pre-preseason. Our Chris Corso has an interview with new defensive end DJ Wanham. And we are probably going to have to dive into the largest contract in the history of professional sports joining me from vikings.com are chris corso and jay nelson and guys let's start with the news that is relevant to everyone in the league but also relevant to the vikings and that is that due to the ongoing covid pandemic the nfl has announced that they are cutting the preseason schedule from four games down to two each team will have one away game one home game which means the vikings who during that time period had two away games, we'll have to have a bit of an altered schedule here, so we'll have to wait and see what it looks like. Uh, I, I think the Players Union, you know, from my understanding, the Players Association wanted to scrap the entire preseason. Pandemic aside, I mean, obviously that's what's driving this, but the preseason has been a talker for a while now, guys. Uh, how are you feeling, uh, again, past the obviously let's be as safe as possible how does this change make you feel chris yeah i think it's kind of like cutting off the dead fat at this point i think the players are pretty excited about only playing two uh preseason games i mean i know as a just being a part of it working wise by the third fourth week you're kind of like you're ready to be, be done with it um most teams including the vikings last year didn't even play any of their starters in that fourth game in the preseason so um i think it should be two forever going forward but um we'll see if they get to in as you as you said with the nflpa wanting to have zero preseason games so um i am very very excited for this <laughs> uh hopefully they play the games but um i think it's a positive thing for the league and for the players health as well because when there's a big injury like i remember jordy nelson a few years ago uh for the for the packers which was good for the vikings but you hate to see guys go down in the preseason you might learn some things about your league with the nba will they find out that starting at a different time and finishing at a different time is better in an effort to grow their fan base you know so with the nfl i think there's a lot of questions about this preseason thing there always have been and obviously the players are going to love it i think most fans are going to love it because they are just ready to get to the football that matters. But the other side of it is the conversation of the coaches and the general managers and the team personnel that are responsible for putting a good product on the field. And, and you know, there's been all these proponents of when training camp changed and, and the physical nature of off seasons changed, has that diminished the level of play? I'm not taking a side on that issue. I'm just saying that's been a conversation that keeps happening So now you're losing a chance to evaluate depth. Good for some people, bad for others. And if nothing else, it's something that needs to happen because of the pandemic. And you could probably use it as a real learning experience to see how it affects the quality of play. Because to me, my answer to every controversial NFL question 
is what does it do to the quality of play? Because, you know, I, I remember a couple of seasons ago, just throughout the year, for whatever reason, it was just dud week after dud week after dud week. And I think that was more coincidence than anything else. But you want to see football played at its absolute best because when it is, there's nothing better on the earth. Yeah, and I think what you're seeing from this stuff now is that there is a lot of discussion going on between the league and the players union themselves um, just because I think the league is kind of saying, okay, we're going to take what your what your goal was or what your wish was into consideration, but we don't have to. There's other stuff now that's coming out as far as percentages and paychecks and other things like that too, now that there's less games. I mean, I know internally here from our side, there's a lot of different stuff that goes into it, not only from the logistics side, but just the business side. And and I think, yes, there's been discussion for a long time about adjusting from four preseason to three or to two. I, on the other hand, at this point, will kind of raise my hand and say if there was ever a time to have a little bit more preseason, it would be this year purely because they haven't had an offseason. So as long as those two weeks of extra you know, time that they have to work on this stuff instead of games, if they're able to utilize that to help with practice, great. But at the same point, if there was ever a time to get some more live reps with these guys, it might be this season. It's just frustrating that the pandemic being what it is has has been kind of the precursor to make this happen. Hopefully there is a silver lining in the future that maybe they do learn some beneficial things moving forward when they have to do negotiations. But for me, it's just a bummer that we're going to lose more potential games in football. But you got to do what you got to do at this point. I'm a big fan of the prove it method. People love to argue and they love to debate and they love to be right without any proof. So to me, this is a great opportunity for the prove it theory. You know, these people who are saying shorter preseason, no pre, all these things. Well, here's your chance. We're going to see what happens and we're going to see what the football games look like. We're going to get into week four, week five, week six, and we're going to go, hey, it would be nice to have some depth right now. And it is very clear that the lack of off-season preseason is affecting it. Or we're going to look at it and we're going to go, you know what? We're fine. I think it'll be pretty clear cut. The great thing about the NFL is coaches are usually pretty vocal about the things that make their job terribly difficult. You know, you saw that last year with the, with the pass interference challenges. So if we get halfway into the season and all these coaches are recognizing what a shortened preseason did to their job, I have a feeling we're going to hear some of them say it. You definitely start to think about players like Ola B.C. Johnson, who had just such a great preseason um, in those moments, whether it was towards the end of the preseason. And uh, only two games, that's limited reps for guys like that. Limited reps for the late-round draft picks. And when you're the Vikings and you have 15 draft picks, you're not going to be able to see these guys on the field as much with two less games. But um, I think what the players want is more practices, and that's that's what you see um, all over Twitter and all over ESPN. So they're they're going to have to value those practice reps, Cy. Well, let me let me be selfish for a second here. Now the Vikings do have a lot of turnover. We've talked about it a ton. They have a lot of new names on defense, but they don't have scheme turnover. You understand? They don't have like leadership turnover. You know, you Kirk is still here, Dalvin is still here, Thielen is still here, Rudy's still here on defense. You got a lot of the leaders, Barr, Griffin, Harrison. There is leadership and scheme in place here. So when you, look at, when you look at 
what teams real like just selfishly as a Vikings fan for one season? Do I think there are teams that are in even better shape than we are in terms of continuity and roster overhaul? Yes, but if if you're breaking the league down and where do the Vikings land? I think you're near the top of the list, or at least in the top half of continuity, and you should be able to walk out and play football. Yeah, I think that when it comes to you're talking about the coaching side and being more vocal. You're talking about these kind of changes with the players. You're talking about the leadership. We have a, a, a set team here as far as being able to plug and play. Now, the biggest question mark has been what's going to happen in the secondary. And I think as far as we are set when it comes to defensive line, offensive line, uh, linebackers, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, we have proven people within our ranks who can be the leaders on this team. What I'm hoping for, though, is that some of the younger guys from last year do step up. You do have guys that came back from injuries that you're hoping will be those leaders that can step into some of those senior roles. And it's going to have to be a shotgun start for those players that are new on this team because, man, I really hope that this past offseason they've been paying attention to those playbooks because now they're going to actually have to put pen to paper when they walk in the door and do it almost immediately. The thing that we are not going to have to wait to see how it develops for 12 calendar years is Patrick Mahomes' contract situation. Holy a 10-year, nearly, if everything comes together, Jay, $503 million contract. It's it's an extension on top of his already two-year current existing agreement. I, I have 10 million thoughts about this, uh, but first, I, I'm going to, Corso, because I tried to ask you a question about it before the show, and you sounded like an eighth grader trying to like describe molecular biology. You were like, well, because when the thing, for he throws it, like it was nonsense. So you and I are going to be dummies and get out of the way, because Jay... You explained it better because my first question was like, I was surprised that none of it was tied to the cap. There's some interesting triggers. Do you want to kind of tell us what it looks like? Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think he's got 503 reasons that uh, he should be very, very excited right now, and especially for his future. I got to be honest with you, Chris. I want to apologize to you. When I criticized you and sent it to Jay, I didn't think he was going to use the old hacky well, there's about 503 billion reasons he's going to love Kansas City. Jeepers, Jay. What are you, my dad's dad? All right. All right, there's 12 reasons why he should be excited with the next 12 years of his career. How about that one? Uh, P- Patrick Mahomes at this point is set My dad, with- Bruce, is going to love that intro. Keep going. I love Bruce. The thing about this contract is it is unprecedented. It is the largest American sports contract on record. $503 million over the next 12 seasons, essentially. The deal for him is he's got $450 million for the 10-year extension, so that averages about $45 million a year. Another $25 million in basically escalators that he can uh, hit on an annual incentive basis. And then for the next two seasons, he's due $27.63 million. So that gets you to your roughly almost $503 million. So the crazy part about it is that Technically, people are citing it as a 
team-friendly deal, which is insane to think about half a billion dollars being a team-friendly deal. But when you're talking about a guy who's 24 years old and who's essentially hitting the peak of his career, he's going to be 36 when he's done. And the crazy part is he could actually hit another contract after that. So the deal is uh, the Chiefs are only on the hook for $63 million guaranteed at signing. There's a $141 million uh, hook in case he gets injured that they would have to pay him off of this deal. But in general, the team themselves have an annual year-to-year basis that they can choose to honor the contract or choose to cut him. And it's a safety valve for them as well to say, listen, as long as this guy is is essentially our Tom Brady for the next 12 years of his career, we're going to keep hitting this contract year after year after year. But there is a no trade clause, so their only options are either pick up this side of the contract or cut him. And I think for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, as young as he is, as talented as he is, and he's the face of the league, $503 million is a lot of dough at the same point. You just go... Everybody always thinks those quarterback contracts are huge until you get five, ten years down the road and then say it's actually not that bad. So I think for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, good on him, good on the Chiefs for locking him up, and it's going to be crazy over the next 12 years to see how this whole thing changes the league in general. So I I looked at it in three ways. I'll tell you from the moment I saw the tweet, let me tell you the three ways the contract hit me. The first way it hit me was as a fan. And I thought about how great it would be to be a fan of a professional football team who just locked up Patrick Mahomes. Like, what a golden era to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yesterday had to have been amazing, right? Then I think of it in terms of an angry fan. I go, damn it, the Chiefs are going to have Patrick Mahomes on a decent deal for the next, not decent, it's obviously a large deal, but a decent deal. Uh, Like you said, people are saying it's somewhat team friendly. This isn't a Peyton Manning ruin your salary cap guaranteed situation with the Colts that makes it hard to put the rest of the team around you. They might have walked that line. The third way I looked at it was, what if I were Patrick Mahomes? And I was looking some stuff up and I, I looked up in 2009, the top salary in the NFL for quarterbacks was Peyton Manning, $21 million. Second was, I can't remember who it was, but it was $20 million. And then third was Matt Castle at $16 million. Ten years later, the top contract in the league is Russ Wilson at over $30 million. And you have over 16 quarterbacks making nearly over $20 million, which is what Peyton was making 10 years ago. So with the popularity of the sport and the unknown of the possibility of growth, and you don't even know what the media landscape is going to look like in four years. Like who knows how live TV changes and what the NFL does in terms of putting their events on. Like you could see a situation 12 years from now where like you said, you're getting 40, 50, 60 million dollars and you could be worth 85. 90. Do I think that'll happen? No, I think it'll probably follow the trajectory of his contract. Uh, But if I'm him, I don't know, man, I might, dude, I might just play, I don't know, it's hard to say half a million, half, half a billion dollars is a hilarious amount of money. Do you ever think about the Bears just taking Mitchell Trubisky with the number two pick? I mean, you gotta love that. That that might have set them back 20 years. I, yeah, I just said the, the Bears, the Bears dodged a half. I saw somebody tweet that the Bears dodged a $500 million bullet 
The funny part for me was that as soon as this thing hit, I have a really good friend of mine who lives in Denver and the, and I just sent him a, a image of Emma Stone eating ice cream, crying. And I said, you can send this to your Broncos friends, given that they now have to deal with Patrick Mahomes for the next 12 seasons in, in the, the AFC. I, I, I think for a lot of teams, knowing that Patrick Mahomes is going to be and sitting in their neighbor's yard for the next 12 years has got to be very daunting. I, for one, am happy he's not in the NFC, but I think overall, a guy like Patrick Mahomes getting rewarded at the age that he is, I think it's smart on all sides to jump on this deal because guess what? If it gets to a point where it's really crazy in the future, I am sure they'd be willing to renegotiate if need be, but a guy like Patrick's going to be able to somewhat call his shot and, and do what he needs to do. But for right now, I mean, it's a gigantic chunk of money and it seems like it's going to work for all sides. Yeah, that's the interesting thing to me. I think the reason that I was surprised it wasn't tied to the salary cap and I was surprised it was so long is because, you know, maybe other than LeBron, I just can't think of an athlete who has even remotely the type of leverage that a 24-year-old Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback like him. It's just it's nearly an unprecedented amount of leverage is what the man had. I think he's smart enough to understand that they need to put a team around him, but you have to almost believe virtually any demand Patrick Mahomes had would be met because if they won't meet it, anyone else in the league would. It it was just an odd amount of leverage. I will say that kicker that if he gets injured and his career is over, they have to write him a $140 million check. That would make me pretty apt to sign on the dotted line. That's a pretty good amount of insurance. Yeah, agreed. And I think the fact that it's only $63 million as a, a signing bonus when he starts, I mean, in general, that number is, is, is minor to any other contract you would typically see. So you've got that and the $141 million guarantee. I mean, how many quarterbacks have we seen kind of boom and bust and have something like that happen due to some sort of an injury. I mean, we've, we've had a couple of cases here with the Vikings. I think for a guy like Patrick, that's a very good insurance plan. And it, it's something that, again, the Chiefs are, are more than willing to, to put up there. So congrats to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you can put as much ketchup on steaks as you want at this point for the rest of your career. All right, well, let's go from a guy who got the biggest contract in professional sports history to a guy who just got his first contract. Uh, the Vikings this year in the fourth round drafted defensive end DJ Wanham out of the University of South Carolina. Somebody I know that ant, uh, defensive line coach uh, slash co-defensive coordinator Andre Patterson, he, a, a guy he was really pushing for in the NFL draft, a guy that he, I know he really wanted, and we ended up getting him. Uh, a guy whose speed and size kind of – and this is laughable for me to say this because of the weird specimen that Daniil Hunter is, but he's got a little bit of that giant statue who runs really fast and crushes people vibe to him. Uh, Chris, you got to sit down with DJ uh, and, and kind of get to know him. Um, anything you want to tell us before we run this interview? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was he talked about uh, being with Coach Andre Patterson at the Combine. And he said, man, that conversation was so good that I didn't know 100% that I was going to be a Viking, but I felt pretty darn good about it. So um, you'll hear a little more detail around that in the interview, but um, that was really cool to hear uh, how confident he was that the Vikings were going to select him at one point. 
Well, and, and as a staff and a leadership group that has put together a good roster since it basically came together when Zimmer got here, you know, there are very few things I'm more confident in than our ability to develop defensive linemen. And so knowing how Andre Patterson feels and knowing the buzz about DJ, I'm not expecting him to walk out and be a superstar day one. But honestly, everybody's everybody's talking about Justin Jefferson. Everybody's talking about all these draft picks. DJ is the one that I am honestly looking the most forward to seeing what preseason and the regular season brings for him and what kind of player he's going to be. So I was psyched to see you get this interview, Chris. Uh, let's let your other self take it away. This is Chris Corso here with the Vikings' newest defensive end. Uh, Andre Patterson's pet cat is how, <laughs> is how we know him at, at the Vikings Entertainment Network. It's DJ Wanham, the Vikings' fourth-round draft pick out of the U- University of South Carolina. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? How y'all doing? You know, I'm excited to be here. You know, you know, give a little talk to Vikings Nation. So how y'all doing? We're very excited that you're wearing that Vikings purple T-shirt right now. You you you, you must have been pretty excited for this interview. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I had to, I had to throw it on, man. You know, uh, all purple, everything. So let's get it. So Vikings co-defensive coordinator Andre Patterson, he is a big fan of yours. Um, and one thing that stuck out to me when he spoke last week is he said, DJ Wanham, I have a lot of things to teach him, but I can't teach the six foot five, uh, two hundred fifty eight pound body that he has so other than that he's going to be trying to teach you a lot this offseason yeah definitely uh just you know having the zoom meetings you know throughout the past couple of weeks you know, I've learned a lot you know in that little span of time so I'm excited to you know get to working with him in person yeah what has it been like learning from Andre he has had a tutelage of of defensive linemen that he's taught over the years I mean Everson Griffin Daniel Hunter to name a few that's got to be pretty uh pretty awesome for you because you're like I I want to be one of those guys. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, just, you know, like I said, from the past couple of weeks, you know, him just, you know, watching my film from college and being able to, you know, show me all the things that I've done wrong. Um, and then, you know, him, you know, having a lot of, you know, you know, praising me for me coming in and being able to, you know, get under him and learn from the things that he taught, you know, those other great guys. So uh, I'm excited, you know, to get up there and get to work. What has it been like working with Daniil Hunter? Obviously, there's been the comparisons about your body type being pretty similar coming out of college. Uh, he's a little bit of a quiet guy, but he's definitely a leader of the Vikings defense out there. Right. Uh, you know, it's just been great, you know, from just from, you know, the little meetings that we've been having and walkthroughs, you can definitely tell, you know, his leadership presence and, you know, just, you know, him being there is, is a great thing. So I want to go back to your career at the University of South Carolina. You were a young freshman playing just about every snap that you could. And by your sophomore season, you you were named a captain as a sophomore. You were a captain for the rest of the years there. So what what was it like being a leader at such a young age of that defense? Uh, You know, it it was a great thing. You know, uh, my teammates, you know, voted me as a captain, uh, as a sophomore. Uh, It was an incredible feeling just knowing that, you know, you're a young guy and a lot of guys already look up to you. So. You know, uh, looking up to, you know, the future at South Carolina, it was a great thing just knowing, you know, uh, the guys looking up to me. So, you know, I had to be on my P's and Q's, you know, each and every day. The way your college head coach, Will Muschamp, described you, he said your football intelligence is off the charts. So tell Vikings fans what to expect when it comes to your football IQ. Oh, man, you just said it right there. You know, football intelligence off the (laughs) chart. You know, uh, bringing my – the things that I've learned in college and being able to, you know, learn even more and 
and um and the pros is going to be you know a big thing for me um and being able to you know soak up some knowledge from Daniel Hunter and Coach Andre Patterson I feel like the sky's the limit you know and I'm I'm excited and I'm ready to get to work. So tell Vikings fans probably something off the field that they should know about you, something that they wouldn't already know. They know you're a pass rusher. We know Andre Patterson loves you. <laughs> but what would they not know about you off the field? It's hard, man. You just put me on the spot. I can't really. Uh... I, I got to put you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm a great person, you know, all around, you know. I want others to, you know, excel and exceed and whatever they want to do. So, you know, just being a positive light, you know, to my family, my friends, and even people that I don't know, you know, looking up to me. Um, it's just it's just a big thing, and that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps, you know, boosting and pushing forward each day. Speaking of your family, your younger brother, Dylan, played at the University of South Carolina as well, um, right. two years younger than you. What was that like playing with your brother? He was on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Uh, you know, it, it was a great thing, you know, from him coming, you know, straight to high school, straight to South Carolina, um, and, you know, just him, you know, having him under my wing, you know, just showing him the ropes. And uh, he's, he's actually been doing, you know, a great job up there. Um, and I'm excited for the future to come with him as well. So your junior season at the University of South Carolina, you, you suffered a, a, a few injuries there and, and you right. weren't able to play many games. You come back your senior season and you're the comeback player of the year and you had right. an incredible senior season. So, so what was that like uh, just going through those injuries your junior season and then coming back and really showing out your senior season? Uh, you know, you know, my junior season, you know, it was definitely a hard time, you know, suffering injuries, especially never having inj serious injuries before. So just just um, that happened to me my junior year. It kind of, you know, just taught me things, you know, got to go harder. Um, you got to, you know, be a leader for your teammates, even though you're not, you know, around and doing things like that. And, you know, just coming into Vikings Nation, I feel like my leadership and, you know, my abilities is, is what's going to set me apart. So it's pretty cool to be able to play in the SEC in college. I can't even imagine the caliber of offensive linemen you were going up against. Who was kind of a guy um, on the other side that when, when you faced up against him, you're like, man, it's going to be tough to beat him today? Um, you know, a lot of, you know, week in, week out, you know, NEC, SEC, you know, it's great competition, you know, throughout. Um, the Georgia offensive line, you know, was pretty good. I went against those guys. But, you know, like, Every week, you know, it's, it's everybody's good in, in you know, SEC. So just, you know, being able to get better and play against, you know, high competition, it was a great thing. Yeah, I think Andrew Thomas was on that Georgia team. He was a first-round draft pick this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, great athlete. And, you know, he's from around this area. So, you know, just going, to get, going up against him, you know, it, it, was, it was great. Yeah, so, so playing against that kind of competition in college, how do you see that translating to, to your performance on the field as, as, a, as a young rookie? Uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like, you know, it just kind of gives me, you know, kind of a step forward, you know, playing against guys that were first-rounders and kind of just shows me what I'm going to be, you know, facing in the league, you know, week in and week out. And mentally, you know, it's getting me prepared. Yeah, and, and looking at your kind of your, your arc coming up through the draft, you were selected to the Reese's Senior Bowl um, and performed really well there. Did you have any inter interactions with the Vikings at the Senior Bowl? Um, I think I had a meeting, but it wasn't, you know, it was just a small meeting. It wasn't nothing big. But my first, like, big encounter was at the combine, you know, talking to Coach Andre Patterson um, and, you know, just him, you know, seeing the future and what my future can, can be like. And so uh, just by talking to him, man, I was, I was pumped. You know, I was kind of excited, you know, being a Viking. Did you, did you know the Vikings were going to select you after having that conversation with Coach Patterson? Uh, you know, 
I didn't know 100%, but I had a great feeling, you know, by Coach Patterson, you know, talking with me and, and you know, it just leaving to me and talking to him, it was like, man, like, I got to play for the Vikings, you know, I got to play for the guys. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so speaking of Minnesota, have you ever been to Minneapolis or, or seen the crowd and how, how loud it gets at U.S. Bank Stadium? No, I haven't. I haven't even been yet, but, you know, I've seen videos and it's, it's a crazy, man. I, I'm, I'm excited, you know, being able to play there this year. Do you know what the skull chant is? Oh, it was like skull, <laughs> skull, something like that. For We're that. doing this. Yeah, yes. Skull. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will you I, I can't do it that much justice and hopefully we have fans this year to be able to to see it real live in action but that's going to get you excited to, to hit some quarterbacks oh definitely you got to have the fans this year, man. that's a that's a big part of what, you know, of what we do so you got to have a fan so one big thing that that Everson Griffin did as a Minnesota Viking he had a, a sack dance um he called himself the sack daddy um what what, what can you tell Vikings fans about what you're going to do when you hit the quarterback uh, you know, my, my celebration is based off of, you know, how I feel once I'm getting up off the quarterback. So I don't have a, a set dance yet, but just know I'm going to get after that quarterback. You know, I'm excited to get up. <laughs> you better uh, do some homework and get one get one ready for, for opening day here for the NFL season. Oh, definitely. I'm going to have one ready by then. <laughs> I'm going to have one ready by then. Looking at the Vikings defensive line, it has just been – um, so great the past couple years. I mean, having veterans like Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, uh, a lot of those guys are gone now, um, had great careers with the Vikings. Uh, it's a young group now with Andre Patterson leading from the middle of, of the defensive line even to, to some of the pass rushers. So um, you got to be raring to go, but like you're going to have a big impact on this team in your rookie season. Oh, definitely. You know, and by, you know, looking at those guys on film, you know, they get out to the quarterback, they play the run, they do everything good. So, by me, you know, coming in, you know, you know, I got to be able to match that. And I feel like, you know, I have a, I'm going to do that. And I'm, and I'm ready, excited to get there. What have your interactions been been like with Mike Zimmer? I mean, you got to be pretty excited to have a defensive-minded head coach. Oh, definitely. You know, great coach, you know, you know, great mind. And the things that he brings to this team is, is, is crazy and it's awesome. And, you know, just having guys, you know, that have played in the league, you know, in the past, you know, telling me about how, how he is as a coach, man, it just gets me more fired up to, you know, get up there. So, Daniil Hunter was the youngest ever player to reach 50 career sacks in NFL yeah. history. That has to have you pretty pretty excited as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, just seeing the things that he's done on the field, you know, it's amazing. And Coach, Coach Andre Patterson, you know, he knows he knows exactly what he's talking about, and it's crazy. Um, you know, just seeing Daniil Hunter do that, you know, at such a young age, you know, it gets me even more excited. Just so you know, Mike Zimmer calls them team sacks. They're not they're not individual sacks around here in Minnesota. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. You know, everybody's a part of that that one sack. You know, everybody plays a you know a major role in somebody getting that sack. So I definitely you know feel more that. Going back to your college career, it seemed like you were um, kind of an, an outside linebacker, pass rusher, defensive end pass rusher hybrid. Um, what's it gonna be like to play with a guy like Anthony Barr who has really become that type of player in the NFL and has been so successful for the Vikings um, his years here? Uh, it's great, you know, just, you know, seeing him being able to, you know, just the thing that he does, you know, as a player and being able to, you know, play with him and learn the different things that he knows, man, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's, it's so, it's so exciting, man. Well, you seem excited to be, to be a Minnesota Viking. It's a shame that, that you don't get to 
shake hands and, and be in person with your teammates just yet. Yeah. But um, as we said, we know Andre Patterson. He's like, I'm ready to get my hands on this DJ Wanham because oh, yeah. he, he's my guy. He's my draft pick. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I'm excited to get up there, you know, and get to work with him. All right, DJ, thanks for joining us and, and definitely a, a pleasure to meet you. And, and hopefully we'll see you pretty soon at the Vikings facility. Oh, yes, sir. You, you will see me soon. Appreciate y'all for talking with me. That was Vikings fourth round pick DJ Wanham with our very own Chris Corso. And while we were letting that run, uh, here's a fun fact for our listeners. Jay puts together a wonderful document of information for all of us to work off of during the show. And he had stuff about the COVID pandemic and the, the DJ interview. And then it was just a bunch of blank space. So I thought, oh, that's all we have this week. During the interview, I scrolled down and he had the most detailed account of Patrick Mahomes' career and, and contract that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, I've never felt dumber. I've never felt dumber that I couldn't scroll down to give our audience the hard work that Jay put in. But honestly, Jay, I think you deserve it for that 503 reasons comment. So 100%, I will take that credit off the 503 reasons. Four of the other top five, and I'm not going to count Canelo Alvarez. I don't, I don't care about boxing. It's not a contract sport. I, I hate that that's even on the list. But, you know, eight of the 10 highest paid athletes are in the in Major League Baseball. So to see Patrick Mahomes outpace, and the, cra the crazy thing to really think about is not only was his contract larger, but it is actually larger per year than Mike Trout. You never hear that. You never hear a guy, in the, the best guy in the NFL, getting more money than the best guy in Major League Baseball. That's, that's a pretty unique situation there. So uh, that's me recapping Jay's recap that I didn't use during the Mahomes recap. Let's do a few final thoughts here. You know, we've got some really great stuff right now on Vikings.com coming up and uh, on all of our social media. Uh, one of our favorite staff writers, Eric Smith, has a lunch break feature on CBS, which they ranked their, their head coaches, which I always think is very funny. I don't, you know, I, I get ranking defensive ends. I think head coach is a bit subjective. Uh, that being said, they ranked Mike Zimmer 10th, which I think is complete horse. He got undersold. So Eric Smith uh, discusses that. Uh, Lindsey Young has an awesome piece breaking down how three draftees could impact the Vikings defensive line in her X's and O's feature. And Craig Peters uh, joins both Eric and Lindsay to break down 10 key takeaways from the virtual off-season program. If you're curious how the Vikings are preparing to play uh, this year. Keep up to date on everything we do on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, all of them. Boys, the off-season is slowly coming to a close here. Uh, any final thoughts? I think I'm just excited to see some of these young guys get going here. I mean, 15 players. I mean, 15 rookies, not even counting all the UDFAs. So um, that's my biggest thing. When they finally get in the building and seeing everything that goes on with the coronavirus is obviously the top of everybody's mind. But a lot of new players on this Vikings roster, and I'm excited. On my end, uh, this is always the time of year where it's kind of the point of no return. You're past 4th of July and you know that the season's upon us. Uh, all of the, the discussions we've had for months and months and months about what's going to happen, how are they going to handle off-season programs, the players, the coaches. We're at a point now where preseason is supposed to be happening, training camp is supposed to be coming up here. And um, as long as things 
keep progressing within the league circles and the safety protocols. I'm hopeful that we will still have the preseason as needed and the and the season as needed. And um, I just want some normalcy that way with football. Let's get it back here and and get back to being able to focus on something fun that we all enjoy. Yeah, as I sit here in my Vikings shirt, uh, desperately, I think I'm a pretty balanced person that doesn't live and die on sports, but it, it is becoming more and more apparent how much I miss them. Right after the 4th of July is when you get that tingle. You're like, oh, it's coming. Here we go. Like you slowly start to feel that way. And then you get that first day of August when you, you're like, oh, no, it feels like fall. But then it clicks in your brain like also fall means football. So I'm, I'm kind of transitioning. Obviously, we'll see how things transpire with the pandemic. It's important for us, you know, here at the Vikings and with the Minnesota Vikings podcast, we hope everybody's acting safe, taking care of your family doing things correctly, washing your hands, wearing your mask. Just be smart, be safe, be happy, be healthy, and uh, let's all look forward to a fun football season. And we will also look forward to next week when Jay will probably do a lot of prep work and also say something my dad's dad said. See you guys then.